The prophet Isaiah in chapter 9, verse 6 of his Old Testament writing, some 700 years before Jesus would be born, gives a great announcement that for many of us on today, for many of us in this season as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, reminds us of who he is and what he has done. The scripture says it this way. He said, for unto us a child is born. My prayer on today, whether you're listening to this podcast, joining us at Church Online on Christmas Eve, maybe you're watching this on YouTube in this season and you just try to get them holiday feels right. Would you please catch this What Isaiah said 700 years before Jesus was born, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, he said, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, And like those of you who've been joining us in church in this season, maybe you joined us for our previous series, Hark, Prince of Peace. This is a clear and definitive articulation of who Jesus is. Jesus is wonderful. I don't know if you know him like that today, but my prayer is that you would, that you would know him as wonderful. Full, that there is no lack to the wonder of his person, of his existence, of his work, of his moving, even in your life today. He is wonderful and he is counselor. When you can't find your way, he'll find your way. When you don't know where to go and don't know where to turn, he will lead you and guide you because he is wonderful and he is counselor. He is mighty God. Whatever you need, he can handle. Whatever it is that's too much for you, it is never too much for him. He is wonderful. He is counselor. He is mighty God. He is everlasting father. He always has been. He always will be. For he is promised to you and to me the prince of peace. That is who he is. But today I didn't come to tell you who he is. I came to remind some of you and to inform the rest of you that all that he is, he is for you. All the wonder that he is, all the counselor that he is, all the everlasting father that he is, all the prince of peace, the mighty God that he is, he is for us. And friend, if I could just be honest with you today in this Christmas season, on this Christmas Eve, if you're joining us at church online, that's the part that gets me. Not his greatness, but that he is for us. Not that he is great, not that he's done great, not that he will do great, but that all that he is, he is for me. You know, what we celebrate at Christmas is we celebrate the birth of the Savior of the world. God loving the world so much, like John says so famously, that he sends his son. But this is more than some cosmic divine act of salvation. 
It is that. But it's more than that. It's more than divine providence to make sure the, the sin of humanity has a, a, a way to be handled for once and for all for good. It's that, but it's more than that. The prophet is foretelling this announcement and makes this beautiful articulation before he even begins to describe who Jesus is, the wonder, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father, the Counselor that he is. He says that he is all that for us. He is all that, if I could just be so personal, for me. Has anyone ever gifted you something and their generosity overwhelmed you? I'm not talking about because of maybe what they spent, because sometimes people can spend a lot on something just because they have a lot. You know, for, for, for one person to spend thousands on something is nothing, whereas another person has never spent thousands on anything. It's just the amount of money they have sitting in an account somewhere. That they can't, like, I'm not talking about the cost. But has somebody ever gifted you something and what they gave you, it overwhelmed you because you could tell all the thinking that went into them providing that to you. You could, you could feel the love and the planning and the concern and the work that they put into making that happen for you. I hope and pray you've had that experience in life. Whether it's from a family member or from a friend, whether it's from your spouse, whether it's from your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, your uncle, your niece, your guardian, your grandmother, whomever. I pray that at some point in this life you have experienced that where you were maybe at a loss for words because you realized in a moment that people that, yes, you knew and people that you loved, yes, but that they loved you. They cared for you and their expression of generosity, which that's what generosity is. It's always expressed. It's never silent. Generosity cannot be silent, but their expression of generosity overwhelmed you. Last year for my birthday, um, a group of people, some of my friends, uh, my wife, um, uh, many people in the church, uh, got together and threw me a surprise birthday party. Now, if you know anything about me and know anything about like my birthday, like I am, I, there's a spectrum to birthday celebration, first of all. And there are some people who be celebrating like their birthday month. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they were born in June, but they will be taking the entire month of June to tell you about their birthday and to uh, have opportunities for you to gift them things and to celebrate them and to take them to dinner and do whatever. And that's perfectly fine. That's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is people who don't even like tell you about their birthday. They, they, they don't even like bring acknowledgement to the fact that they were born on said day. I may not be that, but I'm real close to that. Like my birthday is just the day that I was born. It's whatever. Like I, I don't, I don't really, uh, I don't really expect anything. I'm not trying to like make a big deal out of that. Most days, uh, I'm just working on my birthday, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna eat with 
people that I may normally eat with. And like, that's just the way I do birthdays. And, and now that I've experienced quite a few birthdays in my life, like that's just the way my birthdays roll. That's the way I guess I've become comfortable with my birthdays. But last year on my birthday, um, again, my wife and friends and some people in the church, we all this, got together and they said, we gonna celebrate him. And they threw a surprise party for me that I didn't have any uh, idea of and I mean there were people and it was food and there was there was songs and decorations and photo areas and all like like they went for and it was it was it was heartwarming and they well they got me something and um they got me something that uh means a lot to me see if you know me you know a that I don't really celebrate my birthday that's not really a thing but something I do love 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 is I love shoes. I have loved shoes for uh, basically all of my life. And I just mean shoes in general. Like, like, like my, my shoe situation is strong. Don't get it twisted, okay? I'm talking about we got boots, so we got Oxfords, we got lace-ups, we got loafers. But my favorite genre of shoes is most definitely and unequivocally sneakers. I love sneakers. I loved sneakers when it was really, really hard to get the sneakers that you want. And I love sneakers when people are sort of down on them because they're not. I have always loved sneakers. And um, I have been fortunate now that I've been collecting shoes and having shoes and acquiring shoes for years to where I, man, I got a lot of, I got a lot of shoes. I got a lot of sneakers. I got sneakers that they just release and they release a bunch of them. And, and you know, just, it, it, they look good to me and I like them or I like to wear them. And then I got some sneakers that are very hard to get. You know, they're limited, they're whatever. But on my birthday, some people got me the most limited sneaker that I own. The most limited sneaker that anybody could own because this sneaker is literally one of one. Now these may look like plain sneakers if you look from the bottom and from the inside because that's what they are to start with. Little pair of all white Jordans, right? But they customized the outside of them for me. Now, I don't wear these outside. I've worn these, I think, twice, and I don't think I stepped outside on pavement either time that I wore them. I wore them inside of buildings. But what they did is they, they had them customized. There's, there's one sneaker, uh, got like the Memphis Bridge on it and some stuff, and it says, uh, it says the Fresh Pastor of Berclair, because that was their theme for my party, and, and, and that's, that's fun. And then, and then this side here has a bunch of artwork from the city of Memphis that if you've ever been to our physical location in person, you may have seen all over the place in our commons area and some of the rooms. And they had an artist, I don't even know how they do it, paint, draw, airbrush, I, I don't know what happened, but like it is all over the shoe. And here's what's crazy. This is the only pair of these in life. <laughs> like this is the only ones that exist. There is one pair, they are a size 13, and I am holding them. You don't get more limited than that. But uh, these shoes, I keep in my office. If you come into my office ever, these are usually sitting up on a shelf, and I see them basically every day of my life. And they're a reminder to me of something special. Not just the fact that I was born, But the fact that somebody loved me enough 
to do something for me. I don't know how much these cost. I have no idea. But you couldn't buy them off of me. Because they remind me that I'm loved. They remind me that I am valuable. It wasn't just let's get you a gift. Nothing wrong with that. But when I see these, I see thought and care and attention and people processing. How can we communicate? How can we say, how can we express? We want to do something for him. I think sometimes at Christmas we can get caught up in a gift, whatever that gift may be. Sometimes at Christmas we can get inundated, we can get overwhelmed by, by all that God has done for humanity, for for he is the Prince of Peace, and he is a mighty God, and he is the everlasting Father, and he is a wonderful counselor. But I need you to know today that all that he is, he is for you. Because not only did Isaiah communicate this in Isaiah chapter 9, but Luke chapter 2, as Luke is communicating what is happening in real time as Jesus is born, communicates the message the angels told to the shepherds and said this, that today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. It is this fragment of a sentence, a savior has been born to you. A savior has been born for you. That encapsulates all that we celebrate at Christmas. And on this Christmas Eve, if you're joining us at Church Online, if you're listening to this, watching this on YouTube, maybe it's Christmas Eve night. Maybe it's Christmas Day. Maybe you're watching this years from now, but for whatever reason, you found yourself onto this sight onto this sermon. My prayer for you today is that you would be reminded and hold on to what we should hold on to in every season, but in this season we are reminded of, or some of you informed of for the very first time, that a Savior has been born for us. But even more than that, a Savior was born for you. And maybe you could just be so bold uh, that wherever you are, whether you're sitting with people or watching this by yourself, that you would even say out loud right now, a savior was born for me. A savior was born for me. For unto you a child is born. For unto you a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name is wonderful for you. Counselor for you. Mighty God for you. Everlasting Father for you. Prince of Peace for you. For unto you a Savior has been born. Now to some of us that sounds refreshing and hopeful and wonderful. And you jumped up out your chair and said thank you Jesus. But to others, not so much. Some of you, you hear this and it falls in a white noise. It falls in a expected thing to hear because you read somewhere on somebody's pen, on somebody's sweater, that Jesus is the reason for the season. I know. 
But the reason it hits or the reason it doesn't hit has, I think, much less to do with how you see Jesus and much more to do with how you see salvation. See, because what you think a thing is has as much to do with how you see that thing as what that thing is. You can be holding something incredibly valuable, but if you don't see the value of what you're holding, it will never feel valuable, even if it is incredibly valuable. Even if it is so valuable, it moves beyond value into the point of necessity. If you don't understand the value, if you don't comprehend the necessity, you won't see it correctly. And so today I have two simple thoughts I would love to give to you. And I would love if you're taking notes today for you to write these down. But I want you to understand here this Christmas that when I speak of salvation, I want you to know that salvation is not a luxury. It's a need. Salvation is not a luxury. It's a need. You know, we confuse wants and needs all the time, don't we? We, we love to talk about what I need. But the truth is, maybe you want it, you want it badly, and that's fine. But it's not necessarily, not even really what you need. Some people wake up every morning talking about, I need my coffee. Listen, I feel you. I is you. I understand. But um, your coffee is not a need. It's a want. You can function. There are people who make it through every day of life and don't drink a sip of coffee. Now, I'm not one of them, but there are people I have heard of that do. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is something we can tell ourselves we need, but really, it's a want. Uh, you may have come to the place in life where you say, no, 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 I have to have it. You don't understand. I can't function. I can't wake up. No, no, no. I, I understand. It's still not a need. It's a want. And to be quite honest, for some folk, it really is a luxury because <laughs> you'd be spending like $10 a cup on your coffee <laughs> pump the brakes on all this. But it's not a need per se. It's a want. It's something that you would like to have. You would want to have, but not a need. Some of y'all been so stressed in this season, too, over what you're going to get people for Christmas. What you gonna get your kids? What you gonna get your grandparents? What you gonna get your mom? What you gonna get your best friend? What you gonna get your boyfriend? How you gonna work all this thing out? And you've been overwhelmed and stressed and beclamped because you're like, I don't know how to handle all this. Hear me, hear me, hear me. I get it. And you think all of this is a need. No, 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 no. It's a want. It's a want. We obsess over things that would be nice to have, nice to experience, but they are wants, not needs. Needs by definition are necessary. And the reality is most people when they view salvation view it as a spiritual luxury, not a practical necessity. They view salvation as this neat idea for, for, for just an add-on to your life, that Jesus will make your life better, so you should trust in Jesus. <laughs> Jesus will make your life better, but it's way more than some neat add-on that upgrades your life. It's way more than that. It's a necessity. 
Some people think of salvation as something that's convenient for people who are weak-minded or convenient for people who got a lot of stress or whatever. So I'm just going to put this thing on God. No, no, no. Or it's, or it's good for people who want to act real, real spiritual and want to be about those things. You want to be about the church. You want to be about singing them songs. You want to be about this kind of stuff. That's fine. That's good for you. But can I tell you, salvation is not some little spiritual luxury that you just put on your life that's good for some people and not necessary for others. Salvation is necessary for all people. It's a need. Somebody in that chat just needs to type, it's a need, it's a need, it's a need. See, because God knows better than we do what we need. Because he knows us and he created us and he didn't send us what would be nice for us to have. He didn't send us what would be cute or neat for us to experience. He sent us what we need. I mean, if our greatest need in this life was money, God would have sent a banker or an entrepreneur or some business owner to be able to produce a lot of money and get it to us. If our greatest need was entertainment, God would have sent a comedian. He would have sent an actor. He would have sent somebody who could just uh, mesmerize us with their ability to tell a story, their ability to to make us forget about our own reality. If our greatest need uh, was political, God would have sent a leader. He sure enough wouldn't have sent a politician, but he would have sent a leader who would be able to navigate people through difficult situations and make tough uh, decisions for the betterment of all people. If our greatest need was, was understanding, God would have sent a teacher. But since our greatest need is salvation, God sent a savior. Because what you need and what I need isn't just some spiritual luxury to be tacked onto our life. What we need is for our dead selves to come back to life. What we need is for the path that we are on to be picked up and set on a new path. We need blind eyes to open. We need to come back to life. We need a savior. So do not confine the gift of Jesus to any of these lesser realities that accompany him. Because yes, he can be your provider. And yes, he'll be your leader. And he will be your comforter. He will be wonderful and counselor and mighty God and everlasting father and prince of peace. But what he came to do, he came because you and I have a need. I need a savior. You need a savior. And that is why at this Christmas season, we celebrate Jesus and all that he is and all that he's done. Because what you and I need most is a savior. Because salvation is not a luxury. It's a need. Salvation, I need you to understand this secondary reality of it today. Salvation is not a reward. It's a gift. It's not a reward. It's a gift. It's always been a little shocking to me as someone who studies the scriptures, as someone who has uh, read the Bible personally and professionally for a long time now. It is still shocking and striking to me who the angels make the announcement of the birth of the Savior of the world to. It's shocking to me. They chose shepherds. Now, some of us in our Western context, especially those of us who've been in church for a minute, because we hear that the Lord is my shepherd. But what you need to understand culturally and contextually is that shepherds were not good people. Shepherds were the shadiest brothers on the block. 
In fact, they weren't even on the block. That's how shady they were. They were outside of the city. And anybody in those days who had to work outside the city, who wasn't allowed inside the city, who had to spend their time outside the walls of the city, was called unclean, either because of the disease on them or the disease in them. Shepherds keeping watch over their flocks at night. Out in the country, shepherds who, if people needed to call witnesses in a court case, could not bring in a shepherd to give testimony because a shepherd's testimony was not considered valid in court. They were that shady. Shepherds who would work all day and all night keeping watch over a flock because quite honestly, that was the only thing they were trusted to do. Shepherds. I think if there was anybody at the time of Jesus' birth who would have known they weren't good, it was shepherds. If anybody could have stood in front of the mirror and understood, look, I ain't got all that much to offer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't, I ain't, really, I ain't really got it. Yet God makes his greatest announcement that the Savior of the world has been born to them. For unto us a child is born. Us a child is born. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you. This announcement in its first audience were to these shepherds. A savior has been born to me. Why would God tell them that? Well, I, I would like to propose two very simple and I think relatively obvious reasons. The first is that if salvation is available to them, it's clear that it's not because the receiver is good, but because the giver is good. If, if salvation is made available to the worst people you know, it is clearly not based on merit. It is clearly not based on how good they are. If a savior has been born to you, it's not because you have your stuff together, shepherds. It's not because you have your, it's not because you're on an upward trajectory. It's not because everybody thinks you're great. It's because somebody is giving you a gift. If salvation is available to them, it's not because the receiver is good. It is because the giver is good. That is because salvation is not a reward. It's a gift. The Bible says that it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no person, including you, no person, including me, no person, including those shepherds sitting outside the city of David on that first Christmas night could ever think it's about them. Salvation is available to them. It's not because the receiver is good. It's because the giver is good. And if salvation is available to them, please understand that salvation is available to everyone. If it's not because of the receiver, it's because of the giver, then the giver can decide who they want to give it to. And if they give it to the worst of us, if they make it available to the least of us, if they make their announcement to the last people on earth that you would think they would make their announcement to, then it's available to everyone. 
The problem is too many people live their life trying to be good enough to be saved. You can't. You can't. Some of you watching right now feel so low, so disconnected from God, and you feel that way because, quite honestly, you, uh, you think that some point in your life you're going to get your act together enough. You're going to do enough good. You're going to somehow structure all the things in your life to have made a big enough difference. You've helped enough people, served enough, cared enough, shared enough, that then somehow you will earn and be rewarded with your salvation. Salvation is not a reward. It's a gift. It's a gift. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But it is for you. You can receive it, but you cannot earn it because that would take away it being what it's always been, what it's always been about. It's a gift. It's a gift. This Christmas, I want you to know that God got you something. It's a gift. Salvation has been made available to you. I know some of you, you look at your life and you're like, but you don't understand the things that I've done. You're right, I don't. God does though. And he got this gift for you. Some, some of you, you look back over the decisions you've made in your life in the last year, in the last five years, in the last 10 years, and you think there is no way God could love me. There is no way God could forgive me. There is no way God could save me. And you're right. If it's based on merit, none of us deserve it because even the best person, you know, they ain't really that good. They just really good at hiding stuff from you. But it's never been a reward. It's a gift. It's never been a reward. It's a gift. And this Christmas, you need to know that God got you something. Salvation is a gift offered by God to all of humanity. And the truth is, you either receive it or you reject it. You either take the gift offered to you or you reject it and say, I don't want it but you don't earn it and you'll never deserve it because it's always been a gift. That is the announcement of Christmas, a savior. What you need the most, what I need the most. I know you got some things on your mind you think you need because you got some bills that are, that are really, really tight and really, really do. Some of you got some stress in your life. Some of you got health issues in your body. And you're like, no, 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 this is my greatest need. No, your greatest need is salvation. Because the scripture says that, the, the, that sin has separated us from God. And the payment for that sin, the price of that sin is death. But God loved the world so much that he gave his son so that anyone who would believe in him would not perish, would not be separated from him forever, but have eternal life. And all you have to do to receive this gift is put your faith on his grace. Because remember, it's by his grace that you are saved. Through your faith. It is not of yourselves, but it is the gift of God not by works, so that no man, no woman, no boy, no girl, no preacher, no prophet, no politician can boast about it. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's always been a gift, 
and it will always be a gift. And in this season, when we celebrate God giving his gift to us, I want to invite you today, listening to this podcast, watching at church online, maybe you're sitting in, a, in an empty apartment, it's just you. You're in the house and it's all by yourself and maybe you've just been scrolling through YouTube trying to find something and you're like, maybe I need me a little Jesus in this season. And I'm grateful that you have made it to this moment, but I do not believe it's by accident. I believe it's because there's something you need to receive. There's a gift that you need to take in as your own personally. It's the gift of God. It's salvation that is for you. Because he got you something. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. God got you something. You have not been forgotten. You have not been overlooked. You have not messed up too much to not warrant this gift anymore. No, 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 no. God makes his gift available to everyone. And that includes you today. So if you're watching right now, you're listening right now, and you say, Michael, I need this gift. I don't know Jesus. I don't have a savior. Maybe you would even be so honest to say, I've looked to God to do all the external things that seem to matter to me. But maybe today I recognize for the first time that what I need most is not God to provide for me. And what I need most is not for God to heal me. And what I need most is not for God to fix all these other things that I have been so concerned about. To, to right every wrong in the world. What I need him to do is to right every wrong inside of me. What I need him to do is to save me. And today, I want to give you that opportunity. I want to give you the opportunity to put your faith on his grace and receive the gift of salvation. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, my Bible tells me you are saved. You have received his gift in that moment. And this moment can be that moment for you. So wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, however it may be, would you just, if that's you, you say, Michael, I need this. Would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, today I receive the gift that you have made available to me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for saving me. And today I receive your gift. Forgive me of my sin and help me to follow you from this day forward as you show me how. I love you, I thank you, and I receive your gift in full for me today. In your precious name I pray, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, Christ lives on the inside of you now. You have received that gift. And can I tell you something, friend? There's not a greater decision you'll ever make in life than that. Because there's not a greater need that you have, that I have in this life, than the need that we have to be saved. And so I want to invite you to do two things, though. If you prayed that prayer and you said, Christ now lives on the inside of me, I, that was for me today. I would love for you to reach out to us. There's a yellow card available at Church Online. You can contact us through our website at believing.church and just simply say, I, I made Jesus my Savior today. We want to celebrate with you. That's all we want to do. And the second thing we want to do is help you take your next step. See, the first outward declaration that we do, we are saved because we put our faith on his grace. But the announcement that we make to the world that we have put our faith on his grace is that we get baptized in water. You say, why? 
Because that's what the Bible tells us to do. That is what Jesus modeled for. So that's what we do. We take our faith in him public. And I don't think there's any greater way for you to start a new year, any greater way for you to begin a brand new season of your life than to take your new faith in Jesus public. And so reach out to us. You can do that at Church Online right now in the chat. You can do that on our website at any time at believing.church. Just say, I want to get baptized. And we will schedule your baptism for you to take your faith in Jesus, the fact that you have received the gift of God public, so the whole world will know that you have received the gift that was made available for you. Listen, I love you so much. Thankful that you joined us today. I pray you have the merriest Christmas. And we can't wait to see all that God does through all of your lives in the year to come.